Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The 1990s and early 2000s were a wild and seemingly lawless time. It was the MTV era, equipped with the low-rise skinny jean, music videos on TV, and of course, Girls Gone Wild. No one had seen anything like it before, and almost immediately, Girls Gone Wild was a household name. At every party, spring break, or club, you would see them magically appear with their giant branded movie buses and make the crowds, and of course, the girls, go wild. But even if you weren't old enough to appear at a spring break or club in the 90s, you were sure to have seen the infomercials they've plastered over late night television. Just imagine this, you're having a sleepover with your friends, all of you are about maybe, I don't know, 10 years old. It's been a wonderful night of gossiping, junk food consumption galore, and the true marker of every great sleepover, prank calls. Around 2 a.m., you all settle down to watch some late night television together. Suddenly, as you're sitting there joking about whoever you have a crush on, a commercial comes on. But it's not your normal advertisement, no, no. This one is high energy, full of techno music, and wait a second, are those girls lifting up their shirts? Yep. But wait, because of course, there's more. As the bizarre and super inappropriate for children infomercial continues, there are some sudden celebrity appearances. Snoop Dogg appears on screen to promote his video, Girls Gone Wild Doggy Style. After his brief appearance, the ad continues showing a quote, hot girl every three to four seconds. And this goes on for an astonishing 30 minutes. Now, clearly you, the 10 year old, are probably not the target audience for these ads, at least I'd hope not. But even so, your eyes and memory are now scarred forever, and you'll always remember those Girls Gone Wild infomercials forever. And that was kind of the point. The company had gotten so good at showing these infomercials and showed them so often that they were almost impossible to miss. It's really no wonder why they sold 4.5 million videos in just one year. They were careful to not place infomercials in the Bible Belt, and some networks clearly wanted nothing to do with the scantily clad women flashing on the screens every night but the VP of media, Jennifer Varallo, said they were stupid. With each day, there's less fear of girls gone wild. We're pretty much everywhere and people know us at this point. So stations are foolish to pass on the revenue. In some ways, she was right. Girls Gone Wild was a household name, but while it absolutely exploded in popularity, the founder, Joe Francis, was off doing virtually everything in his power to get in as much trouble with the law as physically possible. You name it, he's probably done it. From tax evasion, to contempt of court, to filming underage girls, and so much worse. As time went on, Joe Francis just got worse, and as it turns out, this would become detrimental to his media entertainment empire. So what is the true story behind Girls Gone Wild? The genesis of Girls Gone Wild was me doing band from television in my office and working on the next thing, and it had never been done before. And um, I couldn't believe it. And it turned me on. So I figured it would turn other guys on. A stupid split second decision that you make could follow you the rest of your life. 
Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we will be discussing the media entertainment company, in quotes here, that took the world by storm in the early 2000s, Girls Gone Wild. Given the topic and downright awfulness of Joe Francis, this episode will, unfortunately, include mentions of sexual assault, underage abuse, and domestic violence. If you're not in the headspace to hear about this one, feel free to skip it in its entirety, and I'll see you in the next one. Now, while the Girls Gone Wild franchise was running, well, wild, Joe Francis was living an insane lifestyle. He seemed to be involved in pretty much every aspect of the company, from marketing to videoing, and of course, the partying. But while he just seemed like your normal douchebag party boy on camera, he was actually far worse in the background. The first sign of his horrific behavior came in 2003, just a few years into their media takeover when he was charged with drug trafficking and racketeering related to prostitution. Starting off with the big boy lawsuits, I see. Now, the charges stemmed from an incident back in March of that same year. Joe and his camera people came across three young girls while out and about in Panama City. At some point, they decided to ask the girls to come back to the motel and act out a nude scene in front of them. When two of them obliged, they were paid $100. That's it. The biggest issue mixed in with the plethora of other issues relevant in the situation was that the girls were underage. You would think surely that Joe wasn't aware of this, right? Why would a world-renowned businessman be stupid enough or horrible enough to film underage girls? But as it turns out, he actually was that horrible and he was that stupid. In fact, it gets even worse because a video was discovered that showed Joe telling one of the girls who was only 16 at the time to lie to the camera and say she was 18. Eventually, almost five years later, after a variety of other run-ins with the law, which we'll talk about them all in a second, don't you worry, Joe finally had to return to Florida in 2008 to answer for his crimes. There, he pleaded no contest to a plea agreement that brought the charges down to child abuse and prostitution. Following his plea, the judge ordered him to pay $60,000 and he was banned from conducting business in two counties in Florida for three years. But did this actually slow him down? Well, no. He left the court and told reporters, I'm going back to making videos this afternoon. How charming. But there's more and Joe just couldn't stay out of trouble. In 2006, the news came out that Joe Francis had assaulted a journalist who had written an article about him. Baby, give me a kiss. That was the opening line of a 2006 Los Angeles Times report that tried to expose him to the world. Unfortunately, this was just one of many and it didn't seem like anyone even blinked an eye. But the story starts with the background of Joe Francis and the Girls Gone Wild Empire. Somehow they convinced girls who were usually quite drunk and sometimes underage to lift their shirts and expose themselves. All of this was for the promise of a t-shirt, but it's a party they say. Everything is fun, happy, and just wonderful. But as the story continues, it actually takes a darker turn. The journalist who somehow got the God awful job of following Joe Francis around the country was talking to him in his trailer when he suddenly decided to act out his 2003 arrest on her. And in case you're wondering, this included him ripping away her notebook, grabbing her arms and stomach and shouting at her, you don't care about the first amendment. I care about the first amendment, but you are the kind of reporter who doesn't care. Eventually she punched him in the face to get him away from her probably the worst idea in the entire world to assault a journalist who is literally writing a story on just how awful you are. But clearly, despite his millionaire status, Joe is not the smartest person in the world. Now, if you fast forward just a couple years, you'd think maybe he learned, but no, because a couple years later, he was arrested for false imprisonment, otherwise known as kidnapping. So yeah, he is that bad. In 2011, Joe Francis was just out living his horrible person lifestyle when he decided to invite three women into his limo in Hollywood, California. What happened next is usually what we hear about in movies. He decided to kidnap them. When the girls agreed to get into Joe's car, the limo driver showed the woman a police badge and informed them they were unable to leave. 
Then they were brought to Joe Francis's house. And when they tried to leave, and by leave, I mean literally escape, he grabbed one of the women by the throat and hair and slammed her head into the tile floor four times. Eventually, he let them leave under one condition, that they didn't call the police. Thankfully, they did not listen and he was arrested for false imprisonment and assault. Later, he would be convicted and his sentence would have landed him in prison for up to five years. But did he sit in prison for that amount of time? No, he didn't. Because as we all know, money makes the world go round. And despite Joe's wide array of legal troubles, including a lot that involves money, he still had a lot of it. But anyway, instead of serving the five-year maximum, he was instead ordered to serve just 270 days in jail. 270 for kidnapping. But don't worry, he also had to serve 36 months of probation and psychological counseling for a year. So clearly that would solve all the issues, right? He just wouldn't continue on being a terrible human after that, right? What makes this bizarrely short sentence even worse was the fact that it was handed down after he'd made the disgusting remarks that the jury should be euthanized because as Darwin said, you have naturally selected yourself. Eventually he apologized and said he would accept the jury's verdict, but this just doesn't sound like a man who's going to get rehabilitated anytime soon. And wouldn't you know it, he wasn't. As if constant accusations of sexual assault, false imprisonment, and filming underage girls weren't enough to prove that the founder of Girls Gone Wild and the company as a whole, if we're being honest, were absolute trash, there's the money stuff too. Joe found himself in hot water over money multiple times, and most of it happened during all of the other things too, which makes it even more incredible that he was permitted to just keep on running his company. Do you remember when that first lawsuit happened, the one back in 2003? Remember how I said he had other things going on? Well, those other things included him fighting with the IRS. As we all know, there is no one you wanna fight with less than the IRS. In 2007, while he was awaiting his trial for the Florida case, he was accused by the IRS of the age old mistake, tax evasion. Oh, and a little bit of embezzlement sprinkled on top. That's right, they accused him of deducting $20 million in fraudulent expenses from the corporate tax returns. But Joe Francis had an explanation. Clearly, this just wasn't him. It was his accountant. He would never do something like that. He was obviously the pinnacle of a law-abiding citizen. Ignore the filming of underage girls, assault charges, false imprisonment, false accusations, et cetera, et cetera. This time, it was all the accountant's fault. According to him, Michael Barrett had filed the tax returns and then blew the whistle to the IRS with the goal of reaping a bounty for turning in a tax cheat. Clearly, he pleaded not guilty and went on to blame his business empire for the never-ending stream of lawsuits against him. I've been called everything from a rapist to a drug trafficker, to a racketeer, to an obscenity pornographer. I'm not selling Bibles, you know. At the end of the day, I'm selling naked girls. People want to buy naked girls. And listen here, Joey, if you were simply the head of a soft porn empire, that would be all well and good. After all, sex work is real work. The problem and why you've gotten arrested so many times is that it's literally impossible for me to fit everything you've done into a 30 minute episode because You're an asshole and you have no regard for the laws or anybody around you. You take advantage of drunk underage girls, abuse women, and also apparently lie on your taxes. That's all you, buddy. No one's coming after you, you narcissistic human being. You did that all on your own. But somehow, and by some miraculous circumstances, he even seemed to get out of this whole IRS debacle without any real impact on himself or his business. He eventually pleaded guilty to two misdemeanors of filing false tax returns and one count of bribery. So what was the result? Well, he had to pay $250,000 and got credit for the 301 days that he had been in jail. 
It seems like no matter what this man did, he just got credit for his time served and a fine that barely put a dent in his wallet. As it turns out though, Joe Francis loves some things more than videoing girls without their permission or you know, just being a general scumbag. He also apparently loved to gamble. How much you might ask? Well, he loved gambling so much that he apparently owed $2 million to Stephen Wynn, who owns the Wynn in Las Vegas. So not only did he love gambling, but evidently he was also really bad at it too. And like anyone who's owed $2 million, naturally, Stephen Wynn decided to sue Joe for his money. And what did Joe do? Well, he told people that Stephen had threatened to kill him. According to Joe, a neighbor, otherwise known as the massively successful record producer, Quincy Jones, told him that, Wynn threatened to hit him in the back of the head with a shovel and bury him in the desert over a gambling debt. I feel like someone has been watching a little too much Casino because it's hard to believe that that actually happened and I'm not the only one who thought so. Eventually, Stephen sued Joe Francis again for defamation. During the trial, Quincy Jones testified that he'd never said anything about Wynn threatening to kill Joe and Wynn's lawsuit stated, in truth and in fact, Wynne never threatened to kill Francis nor physically threatened him in any manner and never said he would hit Francis with a shovel and bury him in the desert. In the end, the jury sided with Stephen, which is not shocking in the slightest. They instructed Joe to pay Stephen $20 million after he slandered him. But of course, this is Joe Francis. He doesn't pay his debts and thinks he can do whatever he wants at any given time. So years after the first lawsuit was decided, a jury doubled the amount of money he owed Stephen to an astonishing $40 million. And all of this as a reminder was just for a $2 million debt. Could have just fucking paid it. Could have not accused a super wealthy casino owner of trying to kill you. Lesson learned, or you know, maybe not. Eventually, after years of abuse, tax evasion, and literal kidnapping, his company finally started to feel the pressure of his poor decisions. In 2013, Girls Gone Wild filed for bankruptcy to try and protect themselves from the millions of dollars of debt that Joe Francis had placed on it throughout his near constant stream of lawsuits. This was done shortly after a woman won $5.8 million. Not so shockingly, this was awarded to her after she announced that they had used naked images of her without her express permission. You know, the same thing they'd done over and over again. But again, Joe Francis being Joe Francis couldn't even adhere to the conditions of his company filing for bankruptcy because when the company filed, he decided to go virtually MIA. He refused to pay court sanctions. He never returned a car he was ordered to return to the bankruptcy trustee. And in true him fashion, he made violent threats against the employees of the bankruptcy trustee, even though he had been barred from interacting with them and was under a restraining order too. Just quite a charming fellow. So charming in fact, that eventually his behavior escalated to a point that he was officially barred from his own company's offices during the bankruptcy proceedings. After all of his terrible behavior and refusal to comply with multiple orders, the judge finally issued an arrest warrant for him. So what did he do then? Well, he ran away like the scared little man he is to his multimillion dollar estate in Mexico. No extradition there. So Joe is free to stay in his luxurious mansion with no fear of the American authorities coming to get him. But does that mean he's just there living a quiet, peaceful, normal life? Maybe staying out of the spotlight? Maybe just shutting the fuck up for a few moments? No, no, it doesn't. As it turns out, Joe's time in Mexico has been just as controversial as his time in the United States and his company, Girls Gone Wild, has been brought down in the meantime, all thanks to him. While Joe was living his best life, free of any concerns that he would be arrested by authorities from the United States, his company was sold to investors. But given the now bad name associated with them, including the multiple accusations that they filmed girls who were underage, it couldn't find a way to bounce back. 
Meanwhile, TNT was off in the background gearing up to drop a groundbreaking documentary that not only let everyone know just how awful Joe and the Girls Gone Wild franchise was, but also give us a little update on his life in Mexico. Unfortunately, as the documentary was released, people came to the realization that the company and Joe were even worse than we had even thought they were. Behind all those lawsuits and arrests, there was so much more going on, more that had never been reported. Using firsthand accounts from women who had absolutely horrific experiences with the company, TNT opened the eyes of people to the inner workings of the massive company earlier that summer. One woman, Tabitha, was only 17 years old when she appeared on the massively successful VHS tapes. She had gone to spring break and did what a lot of girls do, apparently. I'm not one of them, but apparently wet t-shirt contests are a big thing. So she had no idea that people were filming or what Girls Gone Wild even was. But after five years had passed, she found out that she had somehow become the poster girl of the company. She had never signed a release, had never been there, or was even told there were cameras. But despite all of that, videos of her as a minor were being sold everywhere. She tried to get them taken down, but unfortunately, they're actually still being sold to this day. Then as the documentary goes on, it comes to a horrifying story, the story of a woman named Janelle. Janelle had known of Francis for years. He was a huge figure, one that was famous for hanging out with massive celebrities at the time, like Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton. Janelle was only 18 years old dancing at a strip club. She was used to men yelling at her or saying inappropriate things. Unfortunately, it just came with the territory. But one night, Joe Francis came into the club, grabbed her arm and told her, you are so going on the bus later. At first, she was kind of honored. Here's this massive celebrity who was famous for picking out the most gorgeous girls, asking her to hang out with him. So she hung out with him in the club for a while and Joe fed her shot after shot. Soon she agreed to go to the bus with him and the crew. I thought Girls Gone Wild was like flashing and I thought I would flash them and be done. And so when I'm walking to the bus, that's all I'm thinking is going to happen. Unfortunately, what happened next is so much worse. When she walked into the bus, she saw a double bed, condoms, sex toys, a DVD that read how to be a player and a stack of waivers that were given to girls to sign. At some point, Janelle did flash the cameraman, but it didn't stop there. As time goes on, she is instructed to masturbate on camera. Then Joe Francis walks in. He looks at her and says, you're so adorable. She responds by telling him that she's a virgin, to which he replied by saying, great, you won't be after my cameraman gets done with you. And just as a reminder at this point, she is drunk. She's been fed alcohol all night. Screw the waiver forms or a video of her ID saying that she's 18. She couldn't consent to a damn thing. According to Janelle, he sexually assaulted her that night. And after he walked out to the cameraman and told him she's not a virgin anymore. Despite going to the police and her story being told in the Los Angeles Times in 2006 by the same reporter that Joe physically assaulted, by the way, her experience has gone virtually unnoticed for decades. According to her, nothing to this day has ever been done about it. I would hope that since her story has been told again to a widespread audience, something would be done about it by now. But as the documentary points out, that remains unlikely. Why? Well, because Joe is in Mexico. As the documentary goes on, they finally get to what Joe Francis has been up to the last few years and shocker, it's nothing good. And before we get into exactly what Joe has been up to in Mexico, I'm gonna go ahead and place the sponsor here as just a quick moment to breathe essentially through all of this chaos because this is just a lot to take in if I'm being honest. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it makes perfect sense. There just isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. 
And since they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings on to you, that means you get to spend less money on great phone service. Now I've been using Mint Mobile for almost two years at this point. I absolutely love them. I've never had any major issues with their service. And when there was a mistake made in ordering a new phone for an employee, they were really quick to resolve the issue with a quick phone call in like 10 minutes or less. It was literally that fast. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at just two lines. And all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts, or you can change everything. So to get your new plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com slash casket. That's mintmobile.com slash casket. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash casket. The founder of Girls Gone Wild has never missed a beat at being a terrible person, and his time in Mexico has been no different. When he ran, he took his girlfriend at the time, now ex-wife Abby Wilson, and their two daughters. At first, their life in Mexico seemed pretty perfect. Celebrities would come visit their luxurious house, Casa Amara, and the pictures shown on Instagram seemed like they were living picture-perfect lives. But as it turns out, their relationship was anything but perfect. It was actually closer to a nightmare. The TNT documentary opens with a glimpse of this. As beautiful videos of gorgeous beaches and the opulent mansion were shown on the screen, you hear a woman screaming in the background, you're killing me. Soon you hear Joe Francis scream back, good, I hope you fucking die. On this night in August, 2020, Joe Francis was arrested for domestic violence after he attacked and choked his then wife. But in true him fashion, he got off with a slap on the wrist. He spent a few weeks in jail, went through another round of court ordered therapy and had all of his charges dropped. Of course, he claims that she falsified the whole thing, despite there being a horrifying voice recording of the entire event. According to him, she had bribed the authorities to charge him and he said, All of a sudden, she made up some fake domestic violence thing. Then she paid a prosecutor named Karen 100,000 pesos. You can talk to my staff. I'll pay you a million dollars if you can get one of them to say I've ever yelled at her. I just don't do that. And listen, I wasn't there. I can't tell you exactly what happened. But if we look through Joe's track record, I find it very hard to believe that she just made it all up. I mean, his list of arrests is longer than a CVS receipt. He's kidnapped people, assaulted people, and much, much more. Now, since that time, Abby has gotten custody of their two children, but Joe continues to make claims that she kidnapped them and that her narco boyfriend had basically kidnapped and assaulted him and that she had stolen $350,000 from his new company in Mexico. A new company, which by the way, no one actually knows what it does. Now, despite all of this, celebrities like the Kardashians continue to spend time with him at his Mexican villa. As he continues on his never ending journey of seeing just how bad of a person he can be or how many companies he can run into the ground with his poor behavior, his friends seem to stick by. Girls Gone Wild would have been a fine, albeit slightly skeevy moment in pop culture history. I have no problem with women who want to flash consensually or show up on videos consensually. There's no problem with that whatsoever. Where the problems arose is when Joe in particular continuously took advantage of drunk and or underage girls, videoed people without permission and assaulted multiple women. He was ultimately the downfall of the Girls Gone Wild franchise. He is the reason the multiple lives were changed forever and he was truly the devil behind the camera. But with all of that being said, that is where we're going to end today's uncomfortable episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, I would say like the video, there's nothing to like here. I do hope you learned something. Let me know your thoughts and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.